Hi, everybody. My name is Larry Jacobs. This is Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio, and it is December 7th, 2023. If I may, being the old social studies teacher and a darn proud American, it's Pearl Harbor Day. Don't forget that. Okay, it's a pretty important day in our history, a day that will live in infamy. Okay, but our our show today, and I just don't want you to forget that. So our show today on on January on December seventh, okay, has nothing to do with that at all. I just wanted to bring it up. I'm the old social studies teacher. What can I tell you? All right, we're going to talk. We're going to go down today to uh, Texas, to a, a San Antonio area, to Harlan. I, I believe it's Harlandale School District. Okay, ISD, they call them down there, pardon my northeast thing there, near San Antonio. And we're going to talk to McCollum High librarian Terry Sharp. Okay, and Terry came up with a great idea that she calls Cowboys Read. And I have a feeling the name of the team at McCollum might be the the, uh, Cowboys. But at any rate, she's encouraging kids to read by doing all sorts of absolutely wonderful things, using a lot of large print books. And on that note, she has invited with her Carrie Willis, who is the Thorndike Print Manager of Marketing. We're going to have a nice conversation with both of them about how this is working for kids who are slow readers, kids who are not engaged readers, ESL kids, etc. It's really going to be great. I've been looking forward to this for quite a while. We're going to archive the show over at ace-ed.org. That's the home website of our American Consortium for Equity and Education. And that's over at ace-ed.org. Please go over there, check out what we do, our Excellence in Equity Awards, our magazine, which is uh, Equity and Access Pre-K-12. You'll see it's a digital magazine. You'll see it over there. Just click on the cover and enjoy it. Uh, all the articles, etc., that are on the website, plus all the podcasts, are all over there at ace-ed.org. And without further ado, let me bring on today's guests. Something just happened. There we go. Are you there, Terry? I am. Hello, Larry. Hello, Terry. How are you? Can you hear me? I can. Okay. Are you on a speakerphone by any chance? I am not. Oh, okay. Because I'm just a little bit low, and I'm trying to adjust the volume here. Okay. And so, let me. Are you there, Carrie? Let me check your volume. Yep. Is it me? No, it's not you. You're fine. Okay. Just make sure everybody speaks up, and we'll have a great time. How's that sound? Is that good? Good. Yes. Excellent. Great. Terry Sharp, you're going to heaven. You're a high school librarian. Yes, I am. Yeah, 30, 30 years? This is my 30th year at McCollum High School. And we so are you, McCollum start, you started when you were nine years old. Congratulations. I did. Thank you so yeah. much. <laughs> Congratulations. That's great. Tell us about McCollum High and your school district. Uh, we'll get McCollum into your is- Cowboys read in a minute. Go ahead. Okay. Be proud. Uh, McCullum High School is located on the south side of San Antonio. We're one of the smallest school districts. Uh, we uh, cover only 14 miles, and it's always called the 14 Miles of Excellence. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> like that. that's our marketing, right? I like it. Um, I like it. <laughs> and uh, as uh, things are changing, we're slowly adapting and growing and changing in, along with things. So we are a small community, and uh, people tend to come back. I myself am a graduate of McCullum. I graduated oh, wow. in 1989, 
And we have several other people that were students of our district that have come back to teach and to be involved in the district again. So we, we have longstanding traditions and we, I know pretty much everyone in this <laughs> district after having well, worked here do. for 30 years. <laughs> and, and, go yeah. and, and live there when you were a kid, I think, it, and still live there, obviously. I mean, it's pretty damn cool. And is the team named the Cowboys? Is that why we're calling this Cowboys Read? It is. It is the yeah. McCullum Cowboys, yes. How did I ever figure that out? Let me just ask I the question. How, let me uh, before, I, be, before I get to uh, Carrie, let me ask you how the football team do this year. That's very important to a good Texan. How the football um, team do? I'm just going to say that we did pretty good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Politic, now, you, now you can run for governor. You're all right. That's Thank good. you. That's, <laughs> That's very funny, and I wish good luck to the basketball team. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Welcome to the show. It's great. Carrie, are you there? Yes, Larry. Hi. How you doing? And you're Thorndike, Thorndike, is it Thorndike Press or Thorndike Print? It is Thorndike Press, yes. Press. We, That's what uh, I thought. Published, I had the word print here. Yeah. Yep, we publish exclusively in large in the large print format. So, uh, yeah, and you're, I think because of that, you're going to heaven too. It's Thorndike. Is it? Well, actually, I have it. Gale dot com slash Thorndike. Is that right? Gale dot com. That's right. Yes, uh, Thorndike Press is a child company of Gale, which is part of Sungage Group. So we. Gail is yeah. uh, research reference and so on. Well, and I, and I just talk about what you guys do for a second. I, I think it's so important. The large print books, we're going to talk about how important it is, okay, with Terry and how she's using this. But I, I just, I, I'm getting older and I, large print books mean something and they mean something to people as they get older. And that's what people always think, that that's the, that's the sweet spot. But there's a lot more sweet spots in there. And that's what Thorndike yeah. is doing. Again, just talk. Go ahead. Yeah, you, Willis, you got it, Larry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, large print, I mean, it makes reading more accessible for all readers. Um, definitely the seniors and the visually impaired, um, but the increased font size and increased white, white space and spacing around the words helps give some, what we like to say, breathability for the eye. So um, it mm -hmm. helps readers improve wow. their tracking. Um, decoding of words and reading fluency. Another um, piece of it that's especially important for younger readers is that there are less words on a page. So um, they can turn the pages quicker. And what we found in You're our right. study was that that um, reduces uh, reading anxiety. So turning the pages quicker increases feelings of accomplishment and just really sort of supports reading stamina as a whole as well. Yeah, I, I want to do more with you guys. I'm going to get in touch with you, Carrie, because I just love this whole idea. We're all about equity here, okay, and access to learning, access to reading, etc. So I'm so glad to be doing this show. And and uh, what you guys do, uh, it's just important we get the word out there about all the, all, the, all the good things you guys do over there. And I'm just learning about you, and we're going to do more. Is that okay? Can I get in touch with you later? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Thank it's, you. It's, it's, a, it's a journey, right? So It is. Um, it is. It is. And, and I found and you through Terry. And I found you through Terry. <laughs> there yeah. you go. Yeah. The amazing Terry. Cowboy, cow, cowboys not only read, they also lead. You may use that as a marketing thing. 
Thank you. Thank you. You'll be my pleasure. Okay, for the McCollum Cowboys. Okay. Now we call this, and this is great. I'm gonna now we're gonna combine the two. Okay. I don't know who came up with this, but I want to learn more about it because you are an exceptional librarian, Terry, for coming up with this and seeing all this. Talk about the Cowboys Read program. And again, this has to do with Thorndike. Okay, that's why Carrie's here. Terry is now going to talk about this incredible program. Which I, I did somebody give you the idea? Did you think of this yourself? This is a good idea. Um, wow. <laughs> wow. It was Cowboys um, Read. It was inspired by our emergent bilingual students. There you go. And um, they, we do a lot of testing in the library for our various state tests. Um, and I noticed that it was the same students over and over and over again. And they simply were not passing their, their STAR test. And that is the test that is predominantly reading. You have to read well in order to pass that test. And you have mm -hmm. to read well in English in order to pass that test. And these students simply were not, their, their reading mastery was just not at a high enough level for them to pass it. So as a librarian, I do believe in the power of reading. And mm -hmm. I, uh, I talked to their teachers and I said, how can we get them to check out more books? How can we t get them to start reading more and interacting more with the books? And then we can do projects with the books. And hmm. so we tried a couple of things. And it started with, um, you know, dismissing all of their library fines, extending <laughs> the time that they could check out the book. You know, it was it, we did several things, but they still were not picking up books to read. And I finally asked the kids, I said, why aren't you checking this book out? And the student said, I don't want to have the responsibility of a book. I don't want to know that I owe someone this book. Hmm. So that sparked, that sparked hmm. the idea of how do I get books into the hands of kids without having them feel that pressure. And um, huh. I was kicking it around, the idea around, with one of my very good friends. I've been with her, I've been a friend with her since I was five years old. And she's a teacher here at McCollum as well. And we were talking about creating these stations, but we were going to use donated books. And they probably would have been paperbacks. It would have been yep. like scrounging for funds, right? Yeah, exactly. And uh, as all schools are doing, we're all scrounging for money. But yep. um, then, then the I'm going to call it a miracle now. The miracle that was COVID uh, happened. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, a new take on COVID. No, I get it. I get it. It, well, it forced. It, no, no, it forced change. Okay, it there did. was a there was a silver lining behind that horribly black cloud. Okay, there it was. forced yeah. change. And I know just what you're did. going. Go ahead. Yeah, and, and I believe that COVID has changed education and children in our entire world, and uh, we're still recovering from that. We're still trying to figure out how to best educate kids and how to, to bring them back on track. It, but anyway, so uh, the miracle that is COVID, uh, because the schools closed down, 
uh, we were at the end of the year. I finally got to get into my library in May. Wow. And I was doing some wow. things in the library, and um, my principal came to me, and he said, I have these funds that need to get spent. Do you have an idea? And I said, hmm. yes, I do. <laughs> and that was that was what every librarian would love to hear. It's like a fairy tale we tell you. That's about. right. That is a miracle. <laughs> yeah. That, it is a miracle. Just, that's miracle number two. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And um, – so I was able to purchase the the cabinets, the bookcases, their rolling bookcases oh, nice. with those funds. And then I was able to start talking to Thorndike about using their books. I specifically went to Thorndike because I saw the data about how effective they were in working with emergent bilingual students. I knew that it, Who knew? Who knew? I didn't know. Who knew? We'll be back to Carrie in a minute. Go ahead. Yeah. Exactly. What, yeah. What's interesting about what's interesting about high school kids, well, kids in general, is although they all want to be different, they don't want to be pointed out as being different. That's right. They want to choose how different they are, and so whenever you're choosing books for kids. It can't look any different than a normal book. It has to be current. It has to be something that they're interested in. And they just want to kind of fit in in that way. And so what's great about these hmm. large print books is that they are current titles. They are being right. simultaneously published and released along with the original copies. And so we're able to get current young adult literature that is large print and has mm -hmm. all of those things that Carrie mentioned, uh, you know, uh, the ease of reading, the spacing allows them to be able to find their place quicker. They move through it quicker. And so, but it is a current young adult book. It is the same thing that is everywhere else in every other library and every, you know, every other classroom too but it is it's specifically meant for them to just take off the shelf, worry about a due date, and whenever they finish, they put it back on the shelf or they bring it to the library or uh, they pass it on to a friend. We're not so worried about those books coming back, which was difficult as a librarian. It I is, to... it is. <laughs> it, it, I'm thinking about that as you're, as you're speaking about it. My, in fact, my next question was going to be, just why since you brought it up, and I have to ask, what was the return rate? I bet it was pretty high. Okay, and then the, the follow-up on that. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. It depends on the title, right? It depends <laughs> on the title. So, so um, what was his name? Abby Hoffman's old book, "Steal This Book," that he wrote in 1969. That's not a bad <laughs> title. They're not going to return that one. But how about all the other thousands of books? Yeah. Um, the other books that it 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 really does depend on the title. Uh, one that I have never seen again was The Outsiders by S.E. Hinton. Sure, sure. And that book was just like the first week. The first week I do it, I put out new titles every month. And so the first week of that month, they were all gone. Wow. And kids were coming, kids were coming wow. to me in the library and asking me for our library copies. 
And so how old, I how old is the outsider? The old outsider, the outsider is like from 19, was it 1970? I don't even know. Yeah, it, it's way back. It was about that, 1969 or so. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was published then. Yeah. How do the kids even know about that? I mean, that's, that's amazing. Well, I had no our idea. Teachers, that's pretty cool. Our <laughs> teachers were also big users of the books on Cowboys Read on the cards. Um, because of the large print, it was easier for them as older adults to read, as you've said before. And also, too, it was easier for them to be interrupted. Because of the large print, they could put their finger in the spot and they could find their wow. place very Good point. quickly. Good so point. It was, it was beneficial to both the students and the teachers. And what was amazing was that first full year that we were back from COVID, um, and the carts were out in the hallways. It was so wonderful to see students and <laughs> teachers standing at the carts and talking about the books. And whenever I would come by to check on the carts and tidy them up or change out titles, they would stop me and say, okay, now what is this one about? What do you think about this one? And, you know, like, and so we would have discussions just standing in the hallway. And the kids would listen to us and and if we were talking about a particular book, wow. the teacher would take one, and the kids standing there listening would take one too. So, well, and I'm, and I'm was, thinking, yeah, I'm thinking in my head that this would be, um, I, I'm, I'm thinking, it, I'm thinking the the ESL uh, ESL kids, the ELL kids. But we also mentioned, and uh, Carrie mentioned, you know, challenged readers, kids who are maybe in eighth grade and reading at a fifth or sixth grade level, whatever the case may mm-hmm. be. Where where was the sweet spot in that? Was it which kids are using it the most? The the kids who are behind, which and maybe they maybe there there's an overlap there, or the kids who are you immediately think of ELL. I'm curious it where it works best. It's actually all of our kids on campus. Wow, they're, they're, Great. all levels are using the carts. Um, the reluctant readers are still obviously reluctant, but their teachers, <laughs> the teachers would. Uh, they are, they have a student choice reading time, and the kids are like, well, I don't have a book. And the teacher just points to the cart and says, choose one of those. Those are all really good books. Choose wow. one. Where, where, where are the minute, carts? They have a book. Yeah, where are the carts? Are they all around the school? Yeah, they are. Uh, we have uh, five distinct hallways in on our campus, and we have a cart in um, – each of the hallway, except for our main office hallway, there's no classrooms in that. So yeah. we have the four classroom hallways, and then we also have one in the cafeteria, so kids can pick up a book whenever they're at their lunchtime as well. Yeah, when, when I was at, I went to school in Philadelphia, and uh, the schools I went to, they had by the administrative offices and the library. They're all usually next to each other. They had quote uh-huh. silent hall. Where you walked to the, oh. no matter how nuts it was all over the rest of the school, there you walked to the quiet, straight line. Even if you were by yourself, you didn't even walk, you know, you never walked two by two. It was always a single line, <laughs> no talking. Okay, so I get it. I get it. Okay. It worked. It worked. How'd you get, and I have to ask, and hold on, Carrie, I got some more questions for you, but how did you, how did you get the kids to understand this? Okay, because they're thinking, I think like a kid still. Okay, they're thinking, oh, yeah. this is a trick. This is a trick. 
what's going on here? Junk books, what's going on? Okay, are they going to come after me? How'd you get the kids to understand it? It's it took important. them a while. Uh, yeah, but once we started, um, we started doing uh, lunchtime events where we would bring oh, all of the books for that month, and we would display the books, and we would have some snacks, and we would do a little activity. And while we were doing these activities and having snacks, we were talking about the books, and if the kids wanted to take a book at that time, they could. And, they again, the question was, and I can just take it, right? It's like, yes, you can yeah, take it. Yeah, exactly. Well, when, exactly. Is, when is it due? It's, it's due when you finish. Miss, I take a long time to read. Can I keep it that long? Of course. Yeah. Well, what do I do whenever wow. I'm finished with it? You can bring it back to me. Oh, but I think my friend would like it. Well, then give it to your friend. <laughs> wow. It's been, and now in our fourth year, they're, they're I'm just starting gonna ask to get you. it. <laughs> yeah, they're understanding it. <laughs> and they're, yeah. They're, but it takes time. It, 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 it takes, takes time. time. I'm curious. I'm curious what the teachers say. Okay, and I assume it's uh, – well, I shouldn't actually assume that because it's important for all the teachers, but the um, – I'm sure the English teachers have the most to say about this. Okay, have, have they seen – and I know you have, but I want to ask you the softball question. Have they seen the good results they – have you seen the good results you expected? I have – I have – so – The reading results. The reading yeah. was, oh, you want data. Yeah. I, I, want only, data. I, I only want anecdotal. You don't have to give me uh, the test scores and all that. That's, okay. I don't care about that. The teachers are smart Thank enough you. to know when something's good is happening. Okay? So, yeah. Thank you. Uh, everybody You're wants welcome. numbers. Yeah. Everybody wants numbers. And to be honest, our star scores really have it. It's difficult to compare things, especially because it of is. COVID. Yeah. And, it's, no, and yeah. so I've had to... I've had to rate my success on how much people are talking about reading. That's good. And, That's great. And, um, and it's really happening on my campus. Um, the English teacher's cart is always – the English hall's cart is always a mess. It's people are mess. I mean, and that's the best thing. That's yeah, it the is. Thing to it me. is. It's like a makerspace. The um, messier it is, the better. Yep. Exactly. I go yeah. and I check on the carts every week, and I check on one a day, and I'm <laughs> inevitably putting more and more books on the the English Hall's cart. Um, the English teachers are appreciative because they have more of a choice uh, mm-hmm. whenever it comes to kids choosing their books to read, and also too they they like the books that I choose because I hate to say it, but I've been trained and I know what our yeah, community likes to read. <laughs> well, that's why we need school librarians, period. End exactly. of discussion on that one. Yeah, you guys yes. know what you're doing. Um, it's like, I'm a librarian. This is what I do. I choose. I chose these books for a purpose. And a lot of times, I look at what the English teachers are reading and what their classroom themes are whenever it comes to whatever information they're, they're trying to get across to the students. And I try to find books that go with that when I'm purchasing. Good. And so inevitably, one of the books on the cart will coincide very nicely with the English teacher's lessons. Um, the math teachers, some of them are not readers, but <laughs> some of them <laughs> – let me, let me rephrase that. Yeah, they are not yeah. 
fiction readers. <laughs> they prefer nonfiction. Yeah. And so yeah. I always have a nonfiction book on the cart. There's always some kind of nonfiction book on the cart. And most recently, it was the story of how uh, the Apollo 13 astronauts trained to become to go to the moon. Wow. And so, uh, and everything that happened in that entire mission. So a lot of the, they should make a, a movie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Gee, that's an idea. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so the math and the science teachers appreciate the nonfiction that I put on the cart. And I have to I have to ask as you heard at the beginning of the show the old social the old social studies teacher here, okay? Yes. Do we have have you talked to the uh, social studies teachers? Because they love to get kids reading. And and I'll tell you the truth a lot. And I always thought this when I was teaching, social studies teachers, science teachers, math teachers, they're never taught how to teach a kid to read, and they're never they taught to really to evaluate reading. I mean, maybe that's changed in some places, but I haven't heard a lot about it. And uh, you know, it's so important that kids read so they can – you can't pass the other subjects unless you can read. And there's interesting things, obviously, in those other subjects, like you just said, with Apollo 13. Okay? Yes. So uh, can, are we talk, maybe breaking down that silo and uh, talking to all the social studies folks, if I may? Yeah. I, I do try to <laughs> – I and I try – I'm – it's almost like our I always equate uh reluctant readers to very to kittens because they're very suspicious and they're very unimpressed with anything that you give them. But and sometimes I equate uh history teachers to that as well. But um <laughs> but I'm I'm kind of working on that. You are very I'm funny. Kind of, I'm bringing in more biographies. And I'm bringing Great. in That's what I meant. Yeah. Uh, like more historical, like I said, those nonfiction books. I try to, you know, just show them there, you know, like, you know, like how you show the kitten the food, like, look, here's something tasty. <laughs> and hopefully they too, like the kids, will come and check things out. So well, um, it was actually one of the math teachers who was most impressed with the <laughs> concept that we came up with. And she said, you know, everybody talks about our kids, our kids need to read more. And yeah. you're the first person that I've seen to actively do something about it. Wow. And having these books available at all times wow. is now really up to the kids. I'm making it totally available with no strings attached. And so my hope is that, you know, it becomes – it just – it has become part of our school culture, and I just want it to continue wow. to grow. Wow, that's a great line. Yeah. That's true. Mm -hmm. that, when this kind of thing becomes part of the school culture, you know you've got it licked, and you're moving in the right direction. Okay, yeah, we're and then, on year four. You know, yeah, well, you're doing great, i got to tell you. The journey of a <laughs> thousand miles, as they say, and Mal stole this to me, uh, stole this from me, it begins with a small step. So uh, you got to yes. just move it forward one step at a time, and it ain't easy in these days, as you said, post-COVID. Okay, mm -hmm. but everything's changing. We got to move in that. Carrie, we didn't have much time on this one. I want to ask you a couple of questions, but we're going to do more together later. You still there? Were you listening to yes, Carrie? Sir. There'll, yeah. be, mm -hmm. there'll, be, sure. there'll be a short quiz. Clear your desk. 
We're going to ask you what Terry. Did. I love I love listening to Terry. I always learn the ki- the kitten analogies new, so I love that. <laughs> Ryan, okay, tease the kitten into doing, but it's true. You got to do that, Carrie. How do, do you? You know, you're a large print publisher, and just is there a lot of large print in school libraries? Do, do, do schools yeah, understand go- the power of this? What what's happening? <laughs> Great question. So Terry had mentioned that she saw the data. So um, in 2019, we partnered with a nonprofit called Project Tomorrow. And Dr. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. I know them. Yeah. Evans uh, amazingly uh, executed a nationwide study with about 1,700 students across the country um, to validate how the large print format supports readers, and that was grades 3 through 12. So. From that study, we learned, um, you know, teachers saw that 76% of below grade level readers had better retention. Um, like the merging by, uh, excuse me, 42% of teachers saw um, emerging bilingual students had improved decoding from the large print format. So we published a white paper with all of these stats to, to get the awareness out. And because of that, back in 2019, we had about 200 titles. And because of the study, we were able to ramp up our publishing program and really, you know, find more diverse books for kids of today. And now we have over 1,100 titles publishing um, juvenile and YA new titles every month. So kids have, you know, modern, contemporary stories, historical fiction, you know, prose, all all the genres of interest, right? In large print. In large print. In large print. Uh, I'm, I'm yeah. fascinated. But I seem to remember when I was a little kid, which is about 35 million years ago in late years, okay, when I was a little kid, okay, the, the font I think was, was bigger than what I, what I read now. Not large print, just regular print. The font was bigger, but it wasn't large print. And actually, I want to ask right. you, okay, help me out with that. What, just tell people – the yeah. difference between large print and a and a bigger font. And I think there is a difference somewhere along the line. Maybe there isn't. I don't know. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, well, our books are all published with a 16-point font, so that is the font size that we use. Yeah. Um, but I think what Thank you're you. talking about, or, or you think of, you know, picture books, you know. Yeah, I'm thinking of like, uh, I'm, then, I'm going back in time here, Dick and Jane, about 12 million yep, years ago. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so then what yeah. happens, right, is that, how to read, and then they're given a book with dense text, and uh, it's a bit of a turnoff or, or not as engaging or intimidating, right? So we know the value of of the format. That's a great point. And um, are now publishing more titles to excuse me. Getting okay. I'm getting a little lost in my thought, Larry. Would you mind repeating That's the okay. question? I, 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 I don't mind repeating it. My, my, my question was, and I, I know you just actually answered it, okay? My question was, okay, is there a difference between, quote, just using a larger font and a large print book? And I, I think they might be the same thing, but I think there were nuances of difference. But you said you said what I, what I actually wanted to hear. We, I, I think we tend to give all kids – dense text before they're all ready to do it, okay? And I, I think yeah. that's the difference. And I think we got to work up to that, especially 
with kids, A, who are challenged readers, which we know more about now than we ever did before, and B, also there's so many kids who have English language situations, okay? So right. you give them dense text. This, then, when you said that, it all came clear to me. It's, the, it's, the, it's getting dense text into their face too soon. They're not ready for exactly. it yet, and they may not be ready till they're in 11th grade. Okay, and, but and it, it's, it's that time. Yeah, go ahead. Excuse me, it's that timing, right? It's the transition of learning to read and reading to learn. It's so important to yeah. keep it keep it going, and that's really where large print can be uh, a great resource. So when you it talk really, about too, really. like the, the the font size and the book sizes, people think large print. Oh, the book must be bigger. Well, our books are a about the same time size, sometimes even smaller, always similar huh. um, weights. And then with all of our used large print books, we always have the same cover art, so they look like the regular book. So nobody they feels don't look any different. Nobody feels exactly. weird. Let me put it that way. Yeah. Wow. No stigma. We're, they always have the original illustration and so on. Yep. Yeah, we're going to be talking about this more. I, I love this. This is <laughs> great stuff, and I have never thought about this much uh, so much so terry you you gave me some great ideas here i mean what you guys are doing is terrific down there at uh, harlandale at mccollum mccollum high home of the cowboys i might add home of the cowboys go read. cowboys, go cowboys <laughs> and better luck next year with football guys good luck with basketball okay carry over <laughs> at Thorn- <laughs> over at thorndike okay we will be in touch okay i want to talk to you some more about this this is good stuff okay Absolutely. Thanks so much. Well, ladies, thank you. Just uh, I'll say happy holidays to you. you, There's no snow in Texas coming down like there is here in Maine where I live, but you're still going to have a great Christmas. So have a great, great holiday season. Okay. Thank you. Thorndike is up in Michigan, right? Yeah. I'm in Michigan, but the rest of my colleagues are in Maine. So our office used to be in Waterville. So we're neighbors. You're kidding me. We go up to Waterville all nope. the time, go up to Colby. <laughs> okay. Are you in Waterville a lot? You've got to be kidding I, me. Are... I didn't know that. <laughs> not not so much currently, but that, that's where most are, of our sales team and our leadership I'll team be, I will be darned. There, wow, Waterville, Maine, home of Colby College, which is a, <laughs> a great art museum. And by the way, when they say to you, when, when would you like to come, negate these three months, January, February, March. Don't come then. It's cold here. September, please. September. Thank you very much. It's beautiful, as you know, up there. This is great. Thank you both, Carrie and Terry. Again, happy holidays, and thanks for being with us today. We'll talk again soon. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye-bye. 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 Oh, Thorndike is in Maine. Who knew? Okay, that's interesting. We're going to archive the show over at ace-ed.org. Check it all out. I'm Larry Jacobs. This is Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio.